Hello everybody and welcome to another E5 podcast. My name is Paul Meenan and I'm your host for today, but I also have a very good friend to co-host with me to talk about the subject of the day. His name is Mr. Ryan Dempsey. Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> Who the hell are you? You're not David Watts. No, no, I'm not. I wish I was. I wish I was Sparky Ninja. I, I, I'm Sparky Jedi, so I'm quite happy, although I do secretly idolise Sparky Ninja. Um... So today's subject's going to be quite, oh, this is going to be one of the hardest podcasts I think we've ever done. Um, sadly, the other lads can't join us, family commitments, etc., and it's late night while we're recording these. Um, we're going to talk about, let's be honest, we're going to talk about bullying, bullies. Um, maybe Very nice. Not industry bullies, but just bullying in life in general, really. Now, me and you, um, we've spoke about this before. Um and um, we probably should just get this into a podcast form. Um, so, so the best way to do this, the best mm-hmm. way to 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 run um, this podcast, Paul, is yeah, just take a leap. Just give everybody listening to this podcast, um, give them an insight into some a, a time when you've you've been bullied or or what your um, history or experience of bullying is. You might not have been bullied yourself personally. Um, I suspect because you work in the same industry as me, you have experienced in some form. Um, but yeah, well, why don't you share an experience with the with people who are listening? Um, I was stabbed in my eye when I was ten years old uh, with a pencil by a girl called Neve in Saint Ignatius Primary School. I still remember that. Uh, she literally shoved a pencil in my eye, and the lead broke off. Um, she was trying to bully me. Um, girls can be bullies too. Um, and I still remember that to this day. And I'm I would love, I would love Neve to be listening, um, but I doubt she will be. No, she won't. She wouldn't do podcasts at all. She weren't going to succeed at much in her life. She was this one of the school um, bullies or idiots. Um, sorry, that just randomly came to mind. That was a, a kind of bullying. I, 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 school really wasn't a massive bullying thing for me. I think if I was to. If somebody said to me, um, who's the biggest bully you've ever met, it's my dad. Um, and okay. weirdly enough, it's kind of set me up for life. Oh, that sounds really weird. My dad um, my dad had seven kids. So I'm five of ten. Okay. So my mum and dad had five kids. I was the youngest. My dad, my dad then had another two daughters. My mum had another three children. Henceforth, the term five of ten. Um, my mum walked out when I was three months old. And my eldest brother, he pretty much raised me. Uh, my dad was a steel work foreman and he would come home and if he'd had a bad day, which was pretty much every day, because um, he had to drive all the way across London to wherever the work was, um, he'd come home and if we made a noise, we had the living shit beating out of us. Let's not muck around. It was brutal. We used to, I remember, I remember sitting in the bathroom with our feet up against the toilet bowl, me and my sister, with my dad breaking down these old council cardboard doors, trying to swing a belt at us. Um, if he had a bad day at all, we were battered, we were bruised. Um, when my missus started dating me, she looked at my back and she said it's covered in scars and marks from well. Well, well, if it weren't a branch from a tree, it was a steel toe cap boot or a belt. Um, he he had no idea as to how to be. I mean, he's still he's still alive now. Um, he had no idea how to be a loving father. 
the only time he ever hugged me was on my 16th birthday. Um, I nearly fainted when he did. Um, that's the only memory I have. Um, and it was really weird. But he was the biggest bully I'd ever met in my life. We were petrified of him. And weirdly, I owe him a lot because when we were growing up, he would call me a ponce and a puff and an idiot and a fool and a moron and a useless other loads of other four-letter words and tell me I'd never amount to anything. Wow. And I got so angry at him, so angry at the way he beat me and my brothers and sisters. I used to sit there and watch one of my oldest brothers saying to him, you're going to get your comeuppance one day. And I thought, I was so angry, I thought, I need to use this. I need to, I need to do well. And when I went to college to train as an electrician, I, I couldn't do the maths. I couldn't do I was an average student all the way. I failed all my GCSEs. There's a YouTube video all on that. Um, didn't have the greatest of lives, um, but the tutors helped me along to get me past. And then I met on-site bullies, well, people who were considered bullies. They weren't bullies to me. They were idiots. They were nothing compared to my dad. So I ended up, I remember when I was 21, I finished my apprenticeship. I had the, my own car, just bought my own car, bought my own house, and I had a company van for the company that I was contracting mm. with. And I remember going up to my dad and almost shoving the keys down his throat, metaphorically, of course. Mm. Um, and growing up, I found with my, my own dad, um, I used my anger and rage with him to push myself, to force myself to do well. But also, I used to kill my dad with kindness. So I'm the biggest of all my family. And from about the age of 16, I used to hug him. <laughs> and kiss him and he hated it and even now when I go to Ireland because um, I'm the only one of my dad's kids who really gets on with him other than his two other doors and every time I go near him I he expects a massive hug big kiss from me and I just overwhelm him with love now people listening are going to go but he beat the shit out of you called you every name under the sun uh, it was all I had it's all I knew I never knew what a mum was when when Mother's Day came around um, is is a amusing, weird story. Mother's Day in primary school. Um, we had to make a card for our mothers. I was the only one in the class who didn't have a mum. And I remember saying to my teacher, excuse me, miss, I don't have a mum. And she went, make your dad a Mother's Day card or a Father's Day card. And apparently, my I said to my tutor, if I do that, I'm going to get beat. She then wrote a letter back to my dad and I had to take the card home with the letter my dad looked at the card, tore it up, and then beat me. Ugh. So, and and I, 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 I literally, uh, I, I genuinely, I find the whole mother thing weird um, because I've never had a mum. I can have the same relationship with a lamppost as I would my own mum. I've met her, but I don't know what it's like to have a mum. All I, all I knew was a really strict disciplinarian father that's probably one of the reasons i'm very assertive i tolerate zero bullshit um and i absolutely will jump all over bullies um but yeah my dad was the biggest bully I've i find ever. i find that really interesting about you just because i've known you for a fair few years now um we yep. met in 2013 i think it was yeah um time, yeah it it's a long time oh, and i I, I kind of consider you as in the electrical industry. Um, we we can get onto different types of bullying from from our experience in industry in a moment. But for you to tell me that story, it kind of breaks my heart to think that you. It it obviously hasn't done you any um, 
any damage in terms of turning you into a, a super fantastic person because there's you come across as one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yes, you're harsh. Sometimes you say it as it is. However, Sorry. which is a good thing. However, for anybody who meets you, not one person would say you've been through what you've just said. Um, and what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is, you're either you're either hiding it very well, or you genuinely you genuinely come across as. Well, listen, mate, it happened. I've just got to get on with it. It doesn't bother me. But that, for me, I know you for you, and I, I suspect it does bother you. But I think you harness, oh, yeah. I think you harness things um, yeah. far better than most people I know. And you yeah. use that to better yourself, which I think you just covered before when you said in it's, terms of college and stuff. It's, it's kind of the only way that you can learn to cope. Um, it was, it's really weird. So growing up, I had one goal one goal and that was if i was ever blessed with children to be a better dad than my dad was to me um sadly as you know me and mrs can't have kids um so that kind of shits all over that idea um so the only thing i had left was well i need to focus myself on something and my dad didn't teach me that much but the one thing i remember my dad when i was a kid he would sit in the kitchen uh, in the kitchen in the hallway on the telephone with drawings are pinned up on a wall and he'd be arguing about the drawings uh, and this was late at night after he'd had his dinner um, and I remember thinking god my dad's obsessed with his work he's obsessed with his work and when we were ill in them days in the 80s if you were ill you didn't sit at home you went into work with your dad and you sat in the van or you made mm. tea and you <laughs> went on a building site and did work it was incredible how unsafe and mad it was but I kind of garnered from him if you're at work trying you know don't don't be shit. Try not to be crap at what you do. And if you're with people who want to cut corners, fight them. And my God, did my dad fight people to do the job properly. And weirdly enough, that that ethos has almost given that ethos combined with being able to read has given me a fan, what I consider a, a fantastic career that if it stopped tomorrow, I would be absolutely made up with everything I've achieved so far. And and I got that from my dad. I, I, I've always tried to take all the negatives uh, of growing up in Tottenham, you know, because if it weren't my dad beating me, it was my brothers and sisters. They were bastards. I was the youngest. It was batter, 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 beat, 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 punch, kick, all the rest of it. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. And we, 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 I could listen to you kind of your family history all night. Um, however... We we need to move on to other pressing things. Yeah, but I was before say, I do, actually, yeah, don't before my story. before I do, I'm yeah. going to ask you a series of questions, a statement, then a question. The mm -hmm. statement is: I think you'd make an unbelievable father. I think you'd be amazing at it. Um, the second one is: um, Why do you think? Why do you think he did it? Why do I think he did it? Because he he didn't know any better. He's of a general. I, I I got closure from my dad when I met my mum when I was 21, and I, I literally used to get a birthday card from her, and it had a phone number and address, and she lived in Dalston. So I went, rung her up, said hi, it's your son. Looked, knocked on the door. It was literally like looking into a mirror, although she had long grey hair with boobs, mm -hmm. but she inflects. She talks the same, same health issues, same favourite foods. And I said to her, why did you leave him? And she went, because he was a bastard. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, I can see that. But he was a bastard to us when you left. 
and didn't really help but i didn't i didn't hate her i didn't bear her any ill will and my dad i i i spent every august in ireland and he would walk barefoot around a mountain in ireland cutting mm. and bagging turf rucking hay his dad fought in world war one died when he was a young boy so he only was raised by his mum and he didn't know how to discipline five children he had no idea you know he left ireland because he was threatened by the ira and he was of a generation of you were disciplined period um that was a generational issue i don't think it was malice uh because as my dad's an old man now he can be loving i've seen him loving um it's just i, I think it's just a generational thing and a situational thing really so it brings you in quite nicely into within our industry now paul we have a <laughs> a plethora of ages we have the really good sparks um who are nearing retirement who are um maybe still that kind of generation like your dad who had that mentality of kind of beating it out of people and yep. um and raising the hands so we still have those people in the industry and and unfortunately i mean i've been subject to these people um some of them are quite senior in the industry now and and i don't really want to go into too much detail i can give people a, a kind of a heads up as to what's happened but um I've, I've 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 felt it i've felt the wrath of industry bullying from a from a very high level and and these names are people who quite a lot of sparkies would look up to um and they've again without going into too much detail these people have literally tried to take food off my kids plate they have tried their hardest to see my business kind of fall into the thames and, and wash away and, and I, you've experienced it. You've been in environments where you've gone into meetings and you've you've mentioned about E5 and they've said, "Oh, that Dempsey's a member of E5, and we're not engaging with it until you get rid of him." And and you've experienced what I've had to deal with for the last four years in the electrical industry. Yeah, there, there long, is longer there than is four a, years. There is a, an issue in the electrical industry where, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, because that's the way we always are. Apologies if the first ten minutes of this have gone dark for you and have upset you. Um, there is an in industry issue where I think it's fairly evident to say the the Chinese whispering, the snowball effect has, there is some, I, I genuinely do believe there is some character assassination that has been done of your good self. Um, I think all of it is without foundation um, and is all done by, it's prevacated by fear. Um, I have said to you before that your product that the the work you your day job is the inconvenient truth for the electrical industry because your software is so good there is nowhere to hide uh, for those who don't know ryan's software basically uh is a an analytical tool that data mines and also will review electrical certificates like no other human being ever could and it does it super quick um and it contributes so much to the asset management world um but you've been character assassinated for that that's fairly evident um that's just one aspect of bullying can you tell me now where in your life in your personal life or in your work life where you've experienced bullying i mean when you're an apprentice maybe or i i, I it is definitely not going to be as dark as you paul um i've i've had quite a a, a nice upbringing and i had a, a loving mother and a loving father and, and unfortunately i never experienced what you experienced um, I'm unfortunate about you wouldn't want to experience so I wouldn't wish what I went through on nobody trust me um I and then going through school and stuff I was I was always the kind of the, the top boy and and played on all the sports and I knew everybody and 
and and I didn't have any problems through school either, so I can't really wow. I can't really comment on that. I was the um, idiot. Oh God. Mm. Um, I, when I did when I did enter into the world of um, into the world of business, though, I remember I joined the military, and that was a. This is before the the yellow and red cards that have been introduced into the military, and and I remember there's there's a number of times where we've if you didn't get out of bed and at a particular time the instructors would come in and they would do what's called lamppost you and him um, the term lamppost is when you when you're asleep on one of these rickety metal beds um really lightweight beds if you don't get out of bed at the the right time they'll two of them will get a hold of the bottom of that bed while you sleep and they will throw it as high as they can while you're lying in bed um other things which have been pushed off the back of ships before in little dinghies and um, you've been thrown into the North Sea and as a bit of an initiation and all of these things kind of I never looked at them as bullying I just thought there were these were traditions if that makes sense um obviously the industries and in, in, in the world that we live in today is is now considering this bullying because they've implemented a yellow and red card system in the military uh, my nephew's currently in the the Royal Navy and he says if if an instructor or a senior officer speaks to you out of term, you can show them a yellow card um, or you can show them a red card and then it would have to be investigated. And I find that really crazy because I think to build people's character, there is a limit. I, I think I think your dad crossed it. Um, I think there is a limit, but with a yellow and red card system in the military, I think we're, I think we're going a little bit crazy. The, the eggshells that people have to walk on these days. Um, in terms of me being bullied in a, in my business life, in terms of the electrical industry, I would say it was more of an indirect bullying from when I went from being an electrician into um, into a client role. I then, when, when you become a client in the electrical industry, so any Sparkies who are listening to this, your, your next steps, you're a qualified electrician, you're earning money, your next step should be to have your own business. You should be inspired enough by other people who are, um, a, a, a great man once said to me, unfortunately he's no longer with us, um, if you ever want to make the money and have the freedom to do what you want to do, um, you need to work for yourself. And and I've always listened to that. And So if you're a sparky in the industry and you want to progress, it's work for yourself and, and or get yourself into a client position, get yourself into a senior client position. But that's where I started feeling the bullying when I got to a client position because people ignore you and um, you and I are both uh, members of the Institute of Engineering and Technology and we, we, we've got letters after our name and, and I, I got those letters after my name because of the amount of times I would ask somebody to do something and they would reply back with, um, what do you know? And that's and that's a form of bullying by inadvertently trying to make somebody feel less competent or less superior from a simple statement in an email or on social media, which we'll go into in a minute. Um, by pretty much saying to somebody, well, what do you know? And then as soon as you get those letters after your name and you send an email, people just have this automatic respect for you. That's an issue in our industry. That's an issue that that we should really address um but i'm quite fortunate paul so I've, I've not really i started feeling extreme bullying started to get subject to extreme bullying when i as we said when i created a product and i wrote a series of blogs and my intent for those blogs was not to 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 poke the beast 
it was to try and help other electricians or other people thinking about becoming an electrician understand the journey that one might go on and some of the pain points to get to where one might want to be. Um, I didn't do it to, to prod anybody. So I think it, just know. on that, um, the pod, uh, well, the podcasts, the blogs that you wrote, um, I think I think we've discussed this already. You're going to record those um, blogs as a podcast because there is nothing more confusing than the written word. Uh, yes. You only have to go, you only have to go onto Twitter to see many, many, many sparks falling out over uh, nothing. It's almost, it's almost playground stupidity of what did you say about my mum? I didn't mention your mum. What are you talking about? It, it, people yeah. fall out so quick; it's mind blowing. So I think it's really good if you do a a series of blogs um, or podcasts where you actually go through them, but you narrate them um, with inflection, with passion, with meaning, because then people will hear the intent behind the word. They will hear your journey. So um, make sure at some point you record them. Okay, so I was, I was, I was we'll thinking about as doing bonus them. episodes or something. <laughs> Um, so I was thinking about doing time. it, and, and and now that you've mentioned it on a podcast, it, you've you've cornered me. So I definitely I've kind got of to do committed it you to it now. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So. You have committed me. <laughs> okay, so I've I've deliberately thrown Dempsey under the bus and committed him to do some bonus episodes where he reads <laughs> uh, or reimagines his blogs uh, for the 2020 decade. Um, so, but but puts the the intent behind them because the written will, word is always misconstrued. I will do that. I will do that. So let me let me um. So this podcast is about bullying. Let me ask some some questions. And I, I'm going to ask you a series of yes and no questions. And I know it's hard for you, Mr. Meenan, but I want you to just answer them yes or no. Oh, and, I'm okay. going to, and I'm going to give you some scenarios in terms of, is it bullying or is it not? You oh, answer no, it's not bullying. You oh, answer yes, okay. it is bullying. This could be disastrous, but yeah, okay, fine. I do like the fact that we never plan any of this, which is, it, I, that's one of the things that's so exciting. Other than the technical ones, we do plan them, but go on. I, go. I, I planned it. <laughs> I might not have told you I planned it, but no, I planned I didn't, it. I didn't plan this um, at all. I just took it from the hip. So you attend a, um, you attend a meeting. Um, it's an asset management meeting, and you are talking about a, designer who has submitted a drawing for a new install of uh, ticket machines on your railway. Okay. And you, you're you in the meeting with a series of other influential people and executives for your organization, and you're all reviewing the designer's written word on a specification. Yep. Whilst reading that specification, you say out aloud in the room, mm -hmm. Jesus, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's clearly incompetent. Is that bullying or not? Yes or no? I would say no. Okay. Moving on. Um, because I'd have to evidence. Moving, moving on. Moving on. Right. Um, you are. You log on to social media and you see an electrical company mm -hmm. has posted a picture alongside a blog that refers to um, something they're extremely proud about but that this contractor is unable to, to post pictures of their work because of data protection and GDPR. So they go to stock images, which may be right or may be wrong in mm -hmm. terms of electrical safety. However, the picture is not the purpose of the, the post. You then decide, because the picture is wrong, to go onto social media into a public forum and write 
that the company clearly doesn't know what it's doing and um, because they haven't safe isolation, they're touching the live side, they're using the wrong tools and equipment and you you criticise that company based on the stock image because just because. Is that bullying, yes or no? Yes. Okay, moving on. Um, it's This one's going to be very, very controversial. I think the last two already have been controversial, but go for it. You log on to Twitter after this podcast, and there is a series of tweets from a number of people who are pointing the finger at a competent person scheme, and they're seeing that the competent person scheme is responsible for the decline in competence in our country, and that it was solely down to the likes of NIC and NAPIT who have destroyed our country. Um, is country. that as country? Yeah, our, our sector. When uh, the the electrical industry in this country, or the electrical the electrical industry within our country, they've they've been they are responsible for the decline in electrical safety, quality, competence. And um, they are solely responsible. Is that bullying? I'm merging towards saying yes, but also sitting on the fence. Okay, so let's those three examples. Yes, they're not yes and no answers, really, to be honest with you. I mean, the last one, for instance, if you blame the NIC and, and NAPIT and Stromart and ECA for everything in the industry, you can't blame one body. The, what you have to do is look at the root cause of where things have gone wrong. That in itself is an incredibly intense piece of research. Now, it could be that one committee... Um, 10 years ago made a decision to produce a document which influenced another document which influenced the creation of a course do you know what I mean it, it could be a government decision to withhold funding there is no one one thing in our industry that has caused a decline it is a a, a multitude of at least 10 different variables part p is one of them Part P, you could say, has definitely contributed towards the decline, and I would agree it has. However, it's not just Part P alone, because when Part P first came out, it was very strong. It required individual competence. But over the years, it's been watered down, to use a simplistic term. It has yeah. been changed and manipulated, or whatever term you want to use. But then there's the training, the apprenticeship schemes, the EAS specifications, the wiring rigs, the committees behind all of these, the short courses run by the CPSs because they were allowed to. You know, um, the, the, the change in requirements for qualified supervisors. There is a, a whole multitude of of things that have caused that. To just say, well, uh, 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 let's just say I said NAPIT have caused the decline in the industry period as a statement. Anyone listening to that is going to go, what a bell end. What a bell end. Because that, uh, imagine a judge, um, I was being sued for making that statement. Um, a judge would tear me to pieces. You know, if NAPIT wanted to take me to court for saying you're solely responsible for this, they would tear me to pieces because they would ask me what what assumptions, what evidence I had behind that decision, mm. you know, and why I'd done that character assassination or that libelous statement because it is libelous. Um, and that's just really dumb. But the minute the industry, I would rather spend my energy focusing all of the industry bodies into positive steps of change and improvement. I mean, let's be honest about it, NAPIT recently have ditched their five-week, their five-day courses, which is great. Took long enough, but they've done it. Moving on. Little small steps. I've always said this about E5. The industry, anyone who wants our industry to change overnight, go and get on a bus, 
take it all the way to the Outer Hebrides of Scotland and go and speak to a brick wall because it ain't going to happen immediately. You need to realise that it's took 20 to 30 years of decline, going back to the YTS schemes even, and it's going to take 20 to 30 years of incline to get yeah. back to a level. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but that's the first one. What was the second one again? Sorry. The second one the is one, when a company posts um, a picture and it's a yep. stock image because of GDPR and data protection and they use an image that may not be... So, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. So, yes, that was bullying, but for the sole reason of if I saw that, I would basically now message them directly and say, um, you do realise you're looking like complete twonks using that image because that image is part of the statement. Um, sometimes pictures can speak a thousand words. If you use a picture, you're responsible for the content. Would I put it all over Twitter? No. Some of the things that, I mean, there's one great picture, stock image of a guy screwing on a socket onto a wall and the back box is still attached. And you just think, in the context of the statement, it's it's just a stock image. Yeah. No, I, it's in the mindset of people who don't understand what a stock image is. Yeah. Okay. It's just fundamentally flawed. But still, go directly to them and ask them and inquire. I have, I you know me, I've asked loads of manufacturers direct inquiries about a number of things, but I don't put all that on social media. Not even. Yeah, I, and I think I think one of the biggest problems is, in, and we see it, and is um, is people trying to they think by criticizing it, it's almost that uh, pardon the term, but it's almost like getting their dick out. And um, I, oh, yeah, I, apologize, yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize for the term, it, it, but it's it's within the electrical industry. It's every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to prove that they understand something or they know something better than the next person. Yeah, and I call it. And it's quite sad to it's quite sad to um it's quite sad to experience that and and I, you're right what you just said there is exactly what I would do I would I would message that organisation independently and I wouldn't do it in the public forum because I think that that is morally and ethically wrong to do. So um, just just to be clear here in in southern counties the syndrome that you're talking about is commonly known as Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> um it's billy it's when you meet someone who has to prove that they're better than you you call them old billy big bollocks because they sit and go oh yes. well if you actually look at um uh, note four of regulation 4312206 it actually says you don't have to do this and you just sit there and go really really okay billy big bollocks great thanks for that by the way we weren't actually talking about the rigs but nice one thanks for that um so yeah you get loads from that's fine um, okay. I think I think that that syndrome comes from a want to improve, impress your peers. I think we're all guilty of it at times. Um, okay. First question was again. Sorry. The first question is: You have a designer who submits a proposal, and you are reading the proposal in front of some executives and some influential people, and yeah, you yeah. decide to make comments on the individual rather than the document. Okay. So anybody who. Um, works in the electrical industry. I'll tell you now, right, um, this is more of a commercial industrial, I think, but anyone who works in major projects um, who's responsible for delivery will look at a design and go, this is an utter pile of rubbish. I have in 24 years never worked with a design which I would consider really world-class, maybe one or two little small ones, um, but generally, standard of designs, you're better off doing it yourself on the back of a fag packet. I have criticised designs where I have, when I say criticised, commented, it's a professional term. I have had designs given to me and I have done like 250 comments on like a 20 page document because there are so many fundamentally flawed uh, parts of it. I then had the designer brought into the room 
and the designer has been a 22 year old graduate wouldn't know what unistrut was wouldn't know what conduit is wouldn't know what half the equipment that has actually been installed and yet they're responsible for the design you then realize within five minutes this person it's their first job they've been thrown in the deep end and then yeah. the entire supply chain has not looked out at competency, not assessed for competency or assigned that person in the right role. That person doesn't want to lose their job, so they're just trying their best. You end up having to mop up. So I have been in many, many a meeting where I've had to say to that person's employers, that person is not working on my projects. I cannot afford to be paying for a trainee um, and, and yeah, that, that happens regularly. So I, I, I genuinely don't see it as bullying because remember saying, if you're a client and you're paying for a world-class service or a decent service or a compliance service and you're getting fobbed off with rubbish, why would you sit there in, in silence when you're paying? You're expecting your supply chain to be competent and professional. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. So, so no, I, I don't see it as. So I already knew you were going to say that. I thought you did. So I have a backup question. Okay. And it's a similar scenario, but not quite. I'm going to read out a series of events. And all I want you to say is give me your opinion at the end of it. Okay, go for it. You did tell me not to do this, but I am going to do it. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, I was once approached by a member of the Institute of Engineering and Technology to write a submission paper, which was all about me, my experience, my knowledge, my competence, my qualifications, my experience as a client, the amount of people I manage, the amount of budget I manage. And I was asked to submit this through to uh, an individual, which we'll leave the names out, um, at the request to join the panel that is responsible for writing our wiring regulations. And it was understood by this individual within the IET that because I worked in social housing, I would contribute very positively to the development of our standards in electrical safety. So I did it because I was requested to do so. Um, yep. That document was then submitted to the main panel of JPL 64, a meeting that I wasn't in attendance to. And it was read out everything okay. about me. An individual then stood up, red-faced, which is the notes I've got in front of me, red-faced, clearly in anger, and continued to go down stating derogatory marks about Dempsey, stating he is extremely aggressive in meetings and that he holds a good grudge against anyone who sits on committees trying to ensure electrical safety within this industry. I was not at that meeting, therefore I did not have the opportunity to defend myself. Okay. Is that bullying? Uh, yes, because that's, um, that's uh, character assassination tantamount to slander. Um, so yes, it is. The fact there is a difference, so let me, let me throw something to you. So when I, if I say I want a designer removed from a project, I will not say it based on his personality or yes. where he's from or anything else i will say i need this designer removed from the project because the client has picked up 250 comments on a very small piece of work that should be relatively simple or the designer has not surveyed the work designed it accordingly and it's now costing me additional money and delays that's why i will have the designer removed okay um, if I sit and say this designer is a effing 
silly effing blah 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 load of stupid you know and just go off like on a childish tangent then yeah. that's character assassination that's slander that's bullying if you yeah. stick to facts and objectivity and that's the one thing that sparks as sparks we're pretty crap at um we are as a trade because sparks are of all the trades i've always said this some of the biggest bitches um in all the trades um and you've only got to just look at youtube my god um and it's objective factual yeah and it's for the benefit of of a project and the money you're paying out what happened with you was somebody stood up and character assassinated you now i have inquired about joining the jpl committee as well um and i just got a brick wall thrown up against me when i was at tfl um that's fine because to be honest with you um i was hoping that i could sit on there on behalf of what was london transport it was fairly evident that there was something that disturbed me the other day that I heard on a, I think they're a video cast or I don't know what they are, a video online. And it was basically, and it was encouraging people to comment on the wiring regulations. But the individual who was saying it, basically he kind of let slip because what he said was, this was your opportunity to contribute but then he said, you can't change the intent of the regulations. No. So the whole DPC process, you can't turn around and say, I don't want this in there. You only can basically talk about the wording of the intent of, of the regulation, not the actual regulations themselves. So we have in the wine regulations, a draft for public comment system where we can't actually change the regulations. And this was, this was according to an IET video cast mm, okay. that was done the other day. And I, I found it quite disturbing because I took that as, so you can comment, but we're not actually really going to listen to you. And it's the, the, the intent of the regs is, is happening. So if we as a committee decide we're going to introduce um, energy efficiency in Amendment 2, you can't stop it. It's happening. It's come, yeah, it comes in Amendment 3, I think, because so, they've but, already but, leaked but, that. But, 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 but what... What's the yeah. point in the public commenting then? I agree. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Well, it becomes a complete false economy. It becomes a, a, a non-startup. No wonder nobody bothers commenting on the damn thing other than trainers, lecturers, uh, and, and industry bodies. Mm. That's why there's no take-up, because they won't listen to you anyway. Yeah. Um, the, committee, the committee mentality across our industry is appalling. Um, it's cancerous. So, yeah, it is. So, Let's talk about the legal definition of, of um, slander, defamation of character. If somebody's bullying you, I mean, we've seen in the news um, the last couple of days, which is, is heartbreaking about um, Caroline Flack, who's who's been kind of subject to quite a lot of um, finger pointing. There, there's, there's been Valentine's cards, which were, which were published, kind of destroying her as an individual. And, and the poor lass has gone and took her own life because, because it just got too much and... Um, I mean, it's not funny. It isn't funny. And I've never it, really watched. Um, I saw that in the in the news. Um, I've never watched it really, and it's. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know what Love Island is, uh, other than what I saw on the TV. It sounds. It sounds like a one of those weird, uh, like Big Brother type shows. Um, but it's a it's a program for millenniums, Paul. I think we're uh, okay. We're a little bit too old for that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. It's well, sad I mean, when someone has to kill themselves at any time, any day of the week, regardless whether they're on TV or not. They, they they literally and the press literally took her life away from her um physically 
and then she she finished the job herself and and I think it's it's so sad that the kind of the bullies pushed on that and and the if you're in the electrical industry and you feel you want to comment on somebody you are you are totally within your rights to have an opinion but if that opinion is going to hurt somebody if that opinion is going to is potentially harm that individual's respect for in an industry or their persona in an industry you don't have that right you do not have that right you are a knobhead if you if you decide to go online to actively search out and attack somebody then you deserve the karma that is going to come back and slap you in the face if somebody physically doesn't do that is um you deserve it you deserve it wholeheartedly well i think I think the term that um, our wonderful friend Dan uses is time thieves. Time thieves is time right. Thieves. What time a great thieves. term. So Dan Jackson, God love him, in, uh, uses the term time thieves. Where is it fair to say as E5, um, we get well, we get overwhelmed by emails and messages and stuff. So apologies if people do message us. Genuinely, genuinely, we never thought we would have email boxes with hundreds of emails waiting to be answered. And then people say, oh, I messaged you ages ago and you ain't got back to me. It's because we all work full-time jobs. It's it's our passion and our hobby. And it, I mean, I worked pretty much all of Boxing Day just sending out badges. Mm. It's it's just time-consuming of biblical proportions. Um, and Dan, when we when we come across negative persons who are expecting answers within minutes, um, Dan calls them time thieves, and and it's a fantastic term because we we know and we've seen people in industry that you just consider immediately. A time thief and and mm-hmm. it's do you contribute any value in the conversation do you yeah. contribute anything to my betterment to my family's betterment or my career development no are you just talking shit for the sake of it yes well then you're just a fucking time thief <laughs> yeah and i love that. um it is good uh, dan dan's quite good at coming up with his um with his terms, well, he's an ECA uh, award winner, isn't he? He's uh, you know, an ECA power player. Yeah, he's power a power player. We were we were texting each other today about different types of walking shoes or boots, and I was taking taking pictures of uh, of my walking shoes and my boots and saying you should get this type, and he's saying yeah, but what if it rains? And um, I've got a lot of time for the E five guys. I've also got a lot of time for people who contact me and 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 ask for my advice on things uh, but you're right if somebody comes with an attitude and they are they are forceful and, and comment that oh if we don't reply within a, a set period of time um because when we set up e5 paul i'm sorry but i did not sign up to a set of kpis um i did not sign up to a performance market that says we will reply within a set period of time i will give a hundred percent of my attention i will give a hundred percent of everything i know everything that I am to whoever wants it. No, in my we, don't, time. we don't have KPIs. It's about um, self-improvement, sharing of knowledge, yeah. um, the old um, support, educate, influence, inspire and inform. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's our only KPI is what we do should influence, inspire and inform people and support and educate them. That's the only mantra that we have. It's the only mantra we want. Everybody else, uh, we do this on top of a, busy and successful day jobs um dan's doing his consultancy he's youtubing um dave sparky ninja your tcw paul is a very busy machinery and compliance consultant john ward still on the tools domestic stuff um and also just a youtube icon i think it's fair to say um plus many other people as well in e5 um 
you know, Richard Emery, Richard Emery started uh, doing the podcast, the Lee Wards, the Adrian Davies. They're all con- you can contribute to E5 in, 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 in just having the right behaviors. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and for those who criticize us and say you're not following the statement of ethical principles, it's not doctrine. It's a mantra of continuous improvement. We're working towards being better humans, better engineers, better sparks. Um, there's a reason that document came out and it's worth doing the work to understand why it came out. But um, just back on bullying yeah. story for you, because you mentioned about letters after your name earlier on. So I worked for a certain company um, and me and the other engineers, I won't name them, um, but there was such a thing called CNG Club. And basically, um, if you weren't a chartered engineer, you weren't listened to. And the minute you got CNG, you were immediately in CNG Club and you were listened to. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and yet the worst thing is nothing changed when you got CNG. All that happened was as you appear recognized um, by the industry for... Um, being able to work within a, a framework of behaviours, commitment to CPD and ethics. And that, that was it. But the CNG Club very much existed in the commercial, industrial, management, infrastructure organisations. doesn't really happen in, obviously, domestic. But I noticed CNG Club, um, if you weren't part of it, you were treated like second-class citizen, which in itself was a form of bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember when I got my fellowship being pulled aside by a manager... Um, and being told, um, um, yeah, don't don't brag about your fellowship. It would just piss people off. Now, that to me was a form of bullying because what I had was an absolute cockwomble trying to trying to basically be derogatory to control me, to to keep me down using yeah. these 1972 management skills, which to be honest, you should fuck off back to 1972. Um, and I weren't having any of it. And I, I ended up leaving anyway because. Because you, you you can only do so much in a company when you when you start hitting brick walls of ignorance, mm. um, then you realise you won't have any more influence to make things better or do the job well. You can only take the skills and the behaviours that you have and move on. It's the main reasons I leave companies to honest you, unless I get a better offer somewhere else, obviously. But mm. yeah, I see that as subliminal bullying when you're in when you're in management. You will if any sparks out there. Uh, work their way up off the tools you will have what you perceive to be bullying and control freaks in your life um my advice is to try and understand i mean the best thing that ever happened to me was my missus because my missus trained as a counselor psychotherapist and now she's an occupational therapist and i being a saddo used to read her books and would then just start to read and analyze people and it helped me deal with my dad helped me understand the root cause of why my dad was the way he was you know um what sort of uh, issues caused that and it just gave me a it just gave me a, a clarity and when i met my mum it was closure i got closure on on the questions i had around my parents mm-hmm. and i realized they're the cards you've been dealt in life accept them see the strengths and the positives you've been given even if you create them yourself mm-hmm. and move on and that's why for me e5 is is a it's a passion for the rest of my life it's my hobby um i don't have to do it you don't have to do it dave doesn't have to do it um, but it's something that hopefully will just keep going. Yeah. Do you know what no, I mean? I, past my time, I'm hoping it will just keep going. Well, there's no reason why it shouldn't. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said there in terms of that hidden 
the hidden bullying. It might not seem like bullying, but it, it is subconscious, isn't it? It's subconscious. Um, I remember I worked for Transport for London. They had a fantastic anti-bullying policy. And in that bullying policy, they said, basically, bullying can be anything that makes you feel threatened, vulnerable or upset. Yeah. And I remember the first time I read it and I was thinking, cool, blimey. Well, I'm, you know, everybody's bullying everybody to a certain extent. Does that, what is that, where does that put banter? And mm. all, I mean, me and the lads at TFL, we used to swap each other's desks around and um, put silly things in each other's books and write stupid messages or send silly emails. All bantery type office fun. Uh, we never, ever considered bullying. But that's, I think that's one of the social skills problems of uh, I'm noticing as I'm getting older with the generation now, I know everyone calls it the snowflake generation, which is a bit strange. Never really mm. understood that. But the banter that people engage with, I, I, I always say this to people, um, and I've met people for the first time, and within 10 minutes they've insulted me massively because they've immediately assumed we're best buddies, best pals, and they've just took it to a whole new level of banter. And I'm like, hang on, I'm still trying to figure out if you're a decent human being. <laughs> Yeah. And and you're now wanting me to invite you around for Christmas. And and I found that um, for me, if I go and work anywhere, I am the epitome of respect, good behaviors. Until I know that person, I understand that person and I know what I can do with them. Yeah. Um, in regards to are they a fun, outgoing person? Are they an introverted person? Are they an extroverted person? Um, am I overwhelming them? Are they overwhelming me? Um, because you have to adapt your behaviors so that you're not causing grief or concern, I think is the the key thing. And I don't think many people do that in a lot of workplaces. Yeah. Just a thought. Um, just lastly, um, apprentices. We've, well, we we've covered a hell of a lot. We have. Apprentices. Yeah, just a couple of Come on. apprentices. Christ, well, yeah. I want to tell you a story of bullying. I want to tell you a story of bullying. Vaughan, God love him. So I was an apprentice at a company called BFP. They're now called Emico. Wonderful company. John Barry, wonderful man. Love him dearly. Tom Gaffney, wonderful man. Love him dearly. Um, he was my foreman. And um, I got the usual abuse. Um, in fairness, um, I used to go to work with my foreman, uh, Tom. And he met my dad once, and my dad basically just gave him carte blanche to do whatever. Um, I hated him for it, but in all fairness, I got beasted. I got pranked. Um, I used to bring a camera into, like, the old wind-up film ones into into sight because I wanted to take pictures of the work I did for my seating guilds, 236, um, to go towards the modules. Because in college, you'd do a one-and-a-half-mil three-core armoured. On site, I'm doing a one-eight-five four-core. So I wanted to evidence it. Now, the lads would steal the camera while I was off getting all the, the dinners and take pictures of their asses and their cocks. Um, that's what I did. So when I got the film developed, I had loads of pictures of blokes, bums and willies. It was very strange. Um, was that bullying? Yeah. Was it banter? Yeah. It was humorous pranks, I suppose, that blokes play on each other. Um, but one lad, I, my best friend in college, guy called Vaughan, he, he got an apprenticeship with a domestic company and they were utter bastards. And I, I hope this resonates with a lot of apprentices. Uh, they take him to the calf, they buy him lunch. They then on Friday dock the lunch out of his money. Now he was on crap money anyway. So to wow. dock his lunch, he was on virtually nothing, literally pennies. Um, they took him to a school once and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Um, and what they did was they basically, it was an old parquet floor they cut a small section up, um, just enough for a skinny eight stone of a lad to basically get underneath this floor, 
so that he could rip out a load of pyros and put some new cables in for sockets around this big school hall, right? The minute he got under there, they'd run all the cables in, and once they'd got the last of the cables up through the floor, one of the lads then went and put the hatch back down, screwed it shut, and they buggered off and left him there overnight. No. They left him there overnight. He basically was literally squatted underneath this floor. He had to go toilet there. He was crying. Um, it was a traumatic experience. The next morning, um, the caretaker was in there and he was banging and the caretaker ended up um, getting him out. Um, he then basically asked the caretaker to ring the police. Um, he rung his mum because he was only, I think he was 17, 18 at the time. Um, and it traumatised him. He now sits in buildings in London doing PPM maintenance, changing batteries in self-contained fittings, pushing smoke alarms, just mm. doing basic stuff. It destroyed him as a human being. Destroyed him. That's appalling. I, I would have got, I'll be honest with you, I got a lump of conduit and just destroyed them. I would have. I, I, I did have one foreman who was a git to me, and I ended up hitting him with a bit of four-inch trunking lid um, towards the end of my apprenticeship. Not proud of it, but um, right, listen, Paul. It's the, the 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 age that I grew up in, up in the northeast. If you had a disagreement with somebody, or if somebody was bullying you, or you you ever found yourself in that position, um, you just went around the back of a building and you both had a fight. And whoever won, you stood up and you shook hands and you walked away, and that was the end of it. And and unfortunately, that's just not how how that things are. That is kind of days. also you realise that is also a gypsy mentality, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, which is kind of weird because my mother's family are all gypsies. So right. maybe that's where I get that from because I was never afraid if somebody ever wanted to have a fight or a punch up. I was never afraid of, I've never been afraid of confrontation ever. I don't like it. Loads of people who know me will go, I mean, and always likes a row. I hate rowing. I'm just not scared of having a row, especially when I know I'm fighting or rowing for what I know to be right, factual, and objective. Um, that's the difference. I have a really, 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 really bad habit that I wish I could get rid of, but I just right. can't. And when I get into a position where I it's a heated debate or I am backed into a corner, um, I smile. Right. And I don't know why I do it. Um, I I just it's I a nervous. I don't back down. I I go for it. Um, I, I, people who know me know when I sit in a meeting sometimes and I listen to stuff that kind of boils my um, blood pressure a bit, I will sit and put my hand up and very respectfully wait to, for a quiet moment and then just go for it because I can't sit in a room. And, and anyone who comes off the tools in the management, you have a, 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 you know what? You have a Liam Neeson in you. So you have that, uh, what is it, what's it he says? He says, I have a, a particular set of skills Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you, you know. No, but it is it's that I I will I will rig. Yeah, but it's it's when you I come will find you, you have yeah I will find you and I will quote seven six seven one to you. <laughs> no, um, but it, it's um he, he, it's the skill of having practical experience when you go into an office and loads of people are talking about managing a physical process that none of them have ever experienced. You have a skill advantage. You have a knowledge advantage, which makes you able to contribute and learn from other people. And that's the one thing I've found out. I learn asset management from people far cleverer than me. I learn project management from geniuses far cleverer than me. But in return, I've always taught them practicalities. And, and I love that. And that's the one thing I always look for in, in the workplace. Um, and you will meet bullies along the way. You will meet egocentrical people who won't share their knowledge, who see you as a threat. 
rather than a enabler or a, 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 a an opportunity to improve. Um, you yeah. will meet clients who are really bad bastards who have had just just got the worst experience ever if you're working as a subcontractor for me i wanted to be a client because i wanted to i wanted the people who worked with me or under me i hate that term um to be happy in their jobs knowing they could do the best that they could do at work and that now seems to be some weird unique thing uh, i just and that freaks me out that speaks volumes about the industry as to how toxic it is yeah so um let's just if we just Consider a couple of points, Paul, uh, yeah. that are, I think are really important and, and something that I definitely want to see because bullying is is rife in our trade, unfortunately, and there's a couple of really important things that we need to see. And um, the first one is, is probably the most important point is you could do one thing with one person and you could do the same thing with another person and one of those people would consider it bullying, the other one wouldn't. Um, you need to judge people on their merits. You need to judge people individ as individuals. Uh, some people take things to heart a lot more than others do. Uh, you and I are quite we're quite easy. Um, we can we can have that banter. We can have a laugh. Um, the That's five because we've got respect for each other. Yeah, and and I get that. And and we can go to events and stand up in front of three hundred sparkies, and and I can be called the non technical one, and and it's banter. We can have a laugh it about is, that. Yeah. And. But you could say that to other people and they would take it to heart. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is um, if you are having banter, let's not get rid of the banter. Let's not get rid of the personalities and the things that we do that we enjoy in the industry. Um, but just be a little bit cautious about the people around you and, and, and how people feel. Um, what was that that uh, was Robin Williams' famous quote? I put it on a uh, I put it on a post earlier um, about... Let me just have a look. It is. It's a good quote, and it, everybody should kind of really pay attention to this. It's. Oh, let's have a look. Oh, it's refers to you don't you you don't understand what people are going through. Um, it's not on the faces. It's not written down. It's not above their head on a on a flag. Um, you have absolutely no idea what torments and troubles people are going through. So, so just be kind. And if there's a choice of being right or being kind, uh, maybe not in the circumstance of the designer and, and Paul, the designer for the client and stuff, but in just general day-to-day -day life, if there's a choice of being right or being kind and you, you have the, the view that it could potentially hurt somebody, then always choose kind. Um, it's, 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 sad that we could make a particular comment and somebody could then go throw themselves off a bridge and you don't want that on your hands. Uh, leads me on to the second bit that I wouldn't mind just stating is, is if there's anybody listening to this who is kind of feels a bit down or is getting bullied and just doesn't know where to turn, uh, please feel free to contact me or any of the five guys 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, or pick up the phone and ring, ring, uh, the Samaritans or, or ring somebody close to you it's we just somebody needs to do something to try and help people who are kind of really suffering and if you don't talk people can't help so yeah just they're the two kind of really important points I wanted to get it to get out on this podcast um, 
so yeah no i was i was actually going to say uh depression again i'm using my missus uh here really is a depression is a common mental health a mental disorder which causes people to experience depressed mood loss of interest pleasure feelings of guilt or low self-worth disturbed sleep appetite low energy and poor concentration i'll be the first person to admit that i am consistently battling depression um uh, from reasons we spoke of earlier on really the whole not having kids stuff yeah. um it's so i use i try and use positive things positive objects to transition my depression into a positive outlook positive mentality it's a worldwide issue um i don't think it's uh, embarrassing at all to actually talk about it um i th i think it's a strength and i think more and more people are realizing that i think um the Samaritans, I did, um, and just, I suppose, lastly, really, um, I actually did a uh, Samaritans course, which was very good when I joined my current employer. And it was basically you turn up for a day and they teach you how to listen. Because that's one of the things, if you're ever having a, a hard time, if you ring the Samaritans on 116123, which is free, um, they will just listen. They won't question you. They won't, they won't judge you. They will just listen. Um, and I found it was one of those life-changing courses um, which would make me better prepared for helping others. And it was called, uh, men, it's, it, you can do another version of it called Mental Health First Aider, but the Samaritans don't necessarily, they're just about listening and helping people and supporting them by listening and just being objective. And I found it one of the better courses I've ever done. And it's definitely changed me, I think, for the better. But yeah, so um, yeah, if you are feeling it, yeah, ask any of us, speak to any of us. Don't be afraid to open up. I think um, from an electrician's on social media, Nick Bundy did a fantastic video on YouTube where he opened up about his the challenges he's had in life and his family. Very powerful video. I watched it. Um, I'm not afraid to say I did uh, tear up listening to it. Um, but then again, I'm I'm of that age now where I think I'm more confident in my feelings, and I will cry watching Armageddon or any film extreme makeover home edition i'll cry my eyes out on to be honest with you mm -hmm. um yeah pretty much cried during dunkirk the movie 1917 the movie so yeah i'm, I'm a crier but anyone who knows me knows i'm an emotional person i'm a hugger mm. um i wear my heart on my sleeve and I, I see that as a strength i don't see it as a weakness I some agree. people do find it a weakness because some people find it overwhelming and those people i can only be try and work on my sensitivity and balance um but yeah that's it really um so the quote yeah the quote that i was looking for was that robin williams was every single person you're meeting is fighting a battle that you know nothing about be kind always and i cried when he died and the man was a powerful powerful individual of humor and love and when he yeah it was a tragedy what happened to him incredible um, and I get sad every time I watch his stuff because I laugh and I think he's no longer around to be with his family. But, yeah, quite a powerful message, that, really. Um, Mr. Dempsey, any final thoughts? Or, because we're going to stop here, I think. Yeah, no, I think we've we've covered quite a lot. Um, just uh, speak up is, is the message I'd like to give at the end of this one. We, we always do a bit of a message from the guys who are on the, on the podcast. Uh, just kind of reach out. Uh, the, the E5 guys, yeah, we might be all kind of technically competent which is a, a, a shitty word to use in in our own kind of areas sure, of work. <laughs> in, 
in our own areas of work and, and we might you might feel that you can just come to us to ask questions or look at specifications or help you with technical stuff but um we, we are more than happy to kind of let people use our ears to if, if it helps so indeed um okay so on that final note i'm going to end this so apologies if this has been a dark one for you but it's been an honest one and um i'm okay ryan you're okay uh, yeah thank you very much for listening uh take care of yourself and each other bye-bye <laughs>